0: A stirring going on. Well, today, we're going to look at how God is not only stirring the world, but God's stirring His church. God is stirring the nest uh, of the church today. And we find that uh, in, in 2 Peter chapter 1. And the Bible, I want you to know, is one story. All right? Listen, listen to me. The Bible is... Not only history, but the Bible is His story. It's His story. It's it's God's story. And this New Testament and and the church. Listen, this is not some kind of plan B that God came up with because the children of Israel failed. No, no, it's not that at all. It is a continuation of history. It is a continuation of history. His story. And you know what the cool part about that is? Now we are part of history. We are part of His story. That's pretty cool, folks. That, that ought to get at least one amen, right? I mean, we are part, God has called us, you and me, to be part of His story. And God stirs us up as a church, as a people. To be set apart from this world uh to to influence the world, not be influenced by the the world you know what what does that look like I mean look it, it a ship in the ocean is a thing of grace and beauty and power, but ocean in the ship ain't so good, all right. And so that's the way, look, we are to be in this world as a thing of grace and beauty and power, but not when the world comes in and and to us. And so what does this mean for us today? God put us here to bring glory to Him, to bring honor to Him, to praise Him. So what does that look like? How do we do that, Pastor? What does it look like for me to be set apart from this world? You know, some folks take it to the extreme. I mean, does it look like? That we're to wear black pants and white shirts and ride bicycles, does it look like we're to, you know, have round hats and use horses and buggy? I mean, what what does it look like for us to be set apart, for us to be in the world, but but not uh, of the world? You know, listen. He tells us here that we are meant to be partakers of of his of his power. We are meant to be partakers of the the victory through Christ. We are meant to complete the plan and and the purpose for which God created us. Do you realize that God did not create you to just spend 70, 80, 90 years, whatever it is, and just breathing up some good air and then uh, dying? No, there's, there's more to it than that. There's a lot more to it than that. Listen, here's God's plan. It's very simple, really. God's plan has always been to have a group of people who would love Him, who would honor Him, who would worship Him, who would praise Him, Who would glorify him? You know what? That's why he created Adam and put Adam on this earth. In fact, the Bible says that that Adam, uh, Luke refers to Adam as the Son of God. And you know what Adam's commission was? Remember, what did God tell Adam and Eve that they were to do? To be fruitful and multiply. To multiply what? multiply sons of God who would love Him and honor Him and praise Him and glorify Him. We know that didn't work out so well, right? Uh, And so... So it didn't catch God by surprise. And, and, and so what God did is he called a guy by the name of Abraham and said, You know what, Abraham, through your family, I'm going to bless the entire world. And, and God and, and God called out a group of people that that we call Israelites today. And, and, and that's what we've been tracing through the life of Moses and, and how God wanted to use them uh, to... Uh, in fact, Exodus 4.22, God told Moses, he said, You go tell Pharaoh to let Israel my son go (laughs) let my son go why because I want a group of people who will love me and worship me and glorify me and praise me who will lead others to do the very same thing wow And, and, and so what God is saying I want a group of people that the whole world will look at and say you know what you've got a great God I want to get to know your God they were to point others to him For a time, that went great. And then God stirred up their nest by sending Jesus. (laughs) And so, Jesus comes on the scene to fulfill in living color everything that God had been outlining over the past 4,000 years in pencil, how he had been just kind of drawing it out in pencil. And then Jesus comes to fill it in in living color. In fact, listen to what John one says, eleven and twelve. It says he speaking of Jesus says he came unto his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Folks, that's you and me. The children of God. That, that's you and me. That's the church. In fact, John 1.12 says that the Son of God died and established the church. What is our purpose? To reproduce sons of God who will love God and glorify God and praise God and worship God and point others to Him. It hasn't changed. It, it hasn't changed from the time of Adam through the time of Moses through the time of the prophets to the time of Jesus to right now the commission is still the same. I love what uh, 1 John 3 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew Him not. Folks, that's our mission. Our mission is to point others to Him. Our mission is to help others know Him who don't know Him, who will then love Him. Our mission is to reach this city. Our mission is to reach this region, this state, this nation, and this world. That's what we're here for. That's what he put us here for. And Christ established the church as the structure and the means by which that mission is to be carried out. So what happens? Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1 in verse 12. I want you to understand what's going on in Peter's life. Peter's about to die. And he knows he's about to die because God has revealed it to him. And so he's kind of, this is this is his last words. And so he's writing down his last words. And so we pick it up in verse number 12. It says, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet or or fitting, as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as the Lord Jesus showed me. You know what Peter's saying? I ain't going to be living in this tent much longer. (laughs) I'm fixing to get rid of this earth suit, okay? Okay. He said, but as long as there is breath in my body, I'm going to stir you up, church. I'm going to provoke you. That that word stir up, it means to to provoke. He says, "I'm I'm going to provoke you to accomplish what God put you here to do. And he says, you know what? I'm not telling you anything new. I'm not telling you anything you've never heard before. I'm not giving you some strange new doctrine. He says, I'm just reminding you what you already know. I'm reminding you of what you've already learned. I'm telling you that I am going to provoke you into remembering some things that you need to remember so it'll stir you up to do what God put you here to do. That's what he's saying. Now, here's what I want you to know this morning. That God has provided everything you need. Get this. God has provided everything you need to live the life that he's called you to live. Let that marinate for a minute. God has given you everything you need. To live out life on this earth as he called you to live it. Now, you say, well, pastor, what has what he provided? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look there. In verse number 2, he says, uh, uh, of of Peter 1, he says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Grace is when you get what you do not deserve. Because you know, you don't deserve salvation. You don't deserve forgiveness. You don't deserve those things. But God says, by my grace, I'm offering it to you. Because I love you. And I have a plan and a purpose for you. And it's by our faith that we reach up and we receive that grace that God offers. And you know what the result of that is? The next thing he mentioned there is peace. The result of receiving that grace that God offers is peace. Now, peace is not the absence of conflict. How many of you know that? Peace is not... Listen, do you know what's going on in Peter's life? (laughs) He's getting ready to be crucified upside down because he don't even think he's worthy to die like Jesus. So things ain't going so well in his life. And he says... Yo, bro, peace out, man. God's got this. And that's what He says to you and me. It's the peace that, that, that comes from, from knowing the Prince of Peace. And only from the, from the Prince of Peace. And here's what I'm going to tell you this morning is, you will never know the peace of God until you first experience peace with God. And some of you are trying to to get it together and you know there's some things between you and God. You know there's some things in your life that God has got His finger on. You know He's got His thumb in your back on some things and you just won't give it up and you're wondering where the peace is. I'm telling you, you'll never know the peace of God until you first settle and have peace with God. And that peace can come only through The power of the the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. And then he says, look look there in verse number 3, something else he says that he's given us. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things. How many things, Peter? All things. All things. All things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Giving us what? Power. I love that word there. The word power here is dunamis. Guess what word we get from that? Dynamite. Dynamite power. Peter says, hey guys, I just want to remind you I just want to remind you that after you settle this thing with the Prince of Peace, you know, you you got all that worked out. I want to remind you that there's some power that comes with that. Explosive power. I I love uh, Philippians 10, one of my life verses, when, when the Apostle Paul is writing, he says, he's talking about his life, and he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The power, God says, I'm offering you my grace, and in return for that, you get peace when you receive it. And once you get that, I'm offering you explosive power for you to be able to to live out your life. And then in verse four, he goes on and he says, "Whereby we are given, uh, where, whereby are given unto us exceeding great." And precious promises. Now, I haven't counted them, but somebody told me there's over 7,000 promises in this Bible. That's your homework this week. You go read the Bible, and you click the promises. You come back next Sunday and tell me how many you can find, okay? But here's what I do know. I do know that no matter where you are in life right now, God has a promise for you. God has a promise for wherever you're walking in life right now. You feel all alone? Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise you can count on. You need physical healing today? Jesus says, It's by my stripes that you are healed. That's a promise you can count on. You're up against financial difficulty today? The Bible says that my God will supply all of your needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. Wherever it is, wherever you find yourself today... God has a promise that you can stand on. A promise that you can anchor to and say the whole world may come against me, but I can stand firm because I have a promise, I have a a word from God that I can stand on. And sometimes when the winds blow and the storms rage, that's all we got, but I'm telling you that's enough. That's enough. And from the time, uh, and then he goes on to verse 4 and says, to be partakers, precious promises, that by these you might be partakers. Many of you know the Christian life's not a spectator sport. We were created to be a partaker, a partaker, not a spectator. He, a, a partaker, in other words, <laughs> in, in other words, you're saying yo guys listen I ain't going to live much longer but until from time, now until I die I'm going to be stirring your nest and he says God wants you to come into a personal relationship with him and after that happens he has given you everything you need To live out this Christian life that he's called you to live. And he says, and oh, by the way, as you are partakers of this, he says, here's what God wants you to do. He wants you to grow up to be like Jesus. (laughs) He wants you to grow up to to be like Jesus. And from the time of Moses to the time of Jesus... People are on the outside looking in saying, wow, what a great God you got. I sure would like to get to know him. But after the resurrection, through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, he comes and lives inside of us. And now he is inside of us looking out saying, boy, I sure would like to get to know you. And you and you and you and you. And that's what he put us here for. And sometimes we get so comfortable that he, he just has to come and he has a, he has a stir our nest. And, and that's what Peter's saying is, let, let me stir you up a little. Let me provoke you a, a little bit. Let, let, me, let me remind you of a few things that maybe you've forgotten. You, you say you can't live this Christian life. Let me tell you, you are absolutely right. I'm here to tell you this morning, it is impossible for you to live the Christian life. On your own. Without these things. That God through Peter said. I provided everything you need. So what's your excuse? (laughs) He said I provided. I've given you everything you need. I've given you peace and power. And and promises in order to be a partaker. So, So what's your excuse? And So here's what I want to remind you today. Remember not to forget. (laughs) Because that's what Peter's saying here. He's saying remember not to forget. Let's pick it up in verse number 12. He says, wherefore? We read this. I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance. Peter's saying, Remember not to forget (laughs) these things, though you know them and and you're established in this present truth. Yeah, I think it's fitting that as long as I'm in this time, as long as I'm alive, to stir you up. How? By telling you to remember not to forget. (laughs) Remember not to forget. Peter said, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. He says, I'm just provoking you to action. I'm reminding you not to forget. What, what, you know, we all have a, I love hearing people's story. What is your story for how you got the family of grace? We all got one. But I can almost assure you of this, that somehow, way, God stirred your nest, didn't he? God somehow, someway stirred your nest to get you to land here at Family of Grace. And you know what? Here's the danger. The danger is that when we get here, we find this such a place of comfort that we don't want to move, man. This nest feels pretty good. <laughs> Let's just stay here for a while. And that's why I believe God is constantly stirring the nest of family of grace. That and we got a crazy pastor. But, but, but he's just constantly stirring the nest. What do you mean we're going to start another service? We're going to have two services on Sunday morning? Look at all the empty chairs in here. Why do we need two ser- God stirring the nest. What do you mean we're going to join up with a church on the other end of town? We're trying to make it here, man. You know what? God is stirring the nest. What do you mean? Saturday night, church? That's crazy. God's stirring the nest. Bring on another pastoral staffer. God is stirring the nest. And I pray that God never quits stirring our nest to where we get so comfortable. You know, one of the things I love about Family of Grace is we celebrate the empty chairs. Last week, there was a, there was a lot of empty chairs because there was, a, there was a group of us out huddled up under a building in a, a day about like today, except it was a lot colder and wetter. <laughs> taking the gospel outside the sheetrock. May God never quit stirring our nest Our nest is being stirred as we reestablish a a, a nest on the other end of town. Constantly stirring our nest. And I want to remind you not to forget. I want to remind you this morning. Don't forget that God is stirring your nest, our nest, to move us to greater things to be accomplished for Him. Don't forget. Listen. Don't forget how He has stirred you in the past, what He has done for you in the past. Don't forget that He's always provided everything that you need. And finally, don't forget this last point. We don't tell the story for God, but we tell the story of God and with God. Man, that's what Peter's talking about here. We won't take the time to read it, but I'm telling you, That you exist to tell his story as it intertwines with your story. And what happens is when we get off mission, we get out of sorts. And when you start hearing whining and complaining and carrying on, you can bet that that person has gotten off mission. Because when you get off mission, you get out of sorts. And Peter tells us that he stirred up some holy men of old to write his story. And the cool thing now is we're part of that story. And so what does he call us to do? He tells us there in these these last verses that we are to be the light, that we are to shine the light as we trust in, And are moved according to His Spirit. So I just want to ask you this morning to examine yourself. And see, where where is God stirring in your life? Where is God stirring? Maybe you're looking for a new nest. And and hey, this is the the place that God said, "I, I want you to nest here. But I want you to know that his story and your story. He intentionally intended for it to be intertwined. And you don't tell God's, you don't you don't tell God's story for him. He can do that without you. But he says, I want you to go tell my story with me. Tell it of me how I made a difference in your life. So just this morning, in the quietness of this moment, if you would just bow your head, close your eyes, just, not that there's anything magical about that, but just kind of helps you focus. Where is God stirring in your life right now? Maybe you've been fighting against that. Maybe you don't know the peace of God. Maybe you don't know the power of God in your life because you've not experienced the peace with God. Maybe you've been desperately searching for the peace of God. You've never come to you have peace with him. Whatever it is that you need to do today is the day. Father, in Jesus' name. Help us to surrender to you wherever, whatever that needs to be. God, anything that we're holding back, God, help us to surrender to you. Father, take this time that we call an invitation. Lord, we ask that you just have your way as we surrender to you. In Jesus' name.